Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural healthcare practitioner who will show you alternative paths towards health with a holistic approach. Call in with your questions or comments at 888-235-7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Good evening to those of you listening to our live broadcast tonight, July 31, 2009. Uh, this is our last time airing on a Friday. Next week we'll end, start airing on Wednesdays. Uh, and hello to those of you listening to an Internet archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. Uh, FYI, again, our program moves to Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. starting next week, August 5, 2009 and that's Eastern Time. Of course, we'll still be here on Achieve Radio, and there is a link on my website. Uh, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard at Achieve Radio on the Internet. Now, to call into the program, call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374. Or you can send an instant message, what they call an in-click message, by going to the homepage of the radio station. Now the show, oh yes, and those messages come right into the show uh, during the live time, and I'll read it and share it with our with my guest. Uh, now, uh, any problems with the internet links? Give me a call at eight six six, not tonight, but some other time at eight six six four seven two six zero nine four. Now, as most of you know, but for those people who may be listening for the first time, on this program we discuss alternative medicine therapies related. Pro- products, and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Now, last Saturday, we did a rebroadcast of my guest uh, interview with um, Michael Gurian, author of The Purpose of Boys, Helping Our Sons Find Meaning, Significance, and Direction in Their Lives. Now, at the end of that program, we discussed the herb peppermint. Now, now, if you missed that show, you can go to my website, www.amtherapies.com, click on the radio link to hear the show. Now, for appointments with me, that's face-to-face or remote, and or for general information, call 866 866- Four seven two six zero nine four. That's eight six six four seven two six zero nine four. Now, also, I want to remind you that Intuitive Monique Chapman, who also has a program on this station, uh, visits me every second Wednesday now of the month. So she will join us again, uh, again August 12, 2009, with Monique's Moments. Call in. She'll share her intuition about you, the economy, and other concerns. Yes, we're focused on premonitions tonight, so I, I wanted to give that an extra special plug. Uh, remember, you can purchase the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, on my site. FYI, again, Starting next week, August 5, 2009, we will air live on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Visit amtherapies.com to make that wonderful book, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, a resource for yourself and or a friend. You can also follow me on Twitter now. Uh, Today I'm speaking with Larry Dossey, M.D., 
author of The Power of Premonitions, How Knowing the Future Can Shape Our Lives. At the end, very end of tonight's program, if we have time, we will discuss the herb plantain and the asana triang mukai kapata pasimotanasana. Now it's time for our wellness news. Science Daily. Um, new evidence that vinegar may be natural fight. Sorry, natural fat fighter. Uh, Science Daily, July 7, 2009. Uh, researchers in Japan are reporting new evidence that the ordinary vinegar, a staple in oil and vinegar salad dressings, pickles, and other foods, may live up to its age-old reputation of in folk medicine as a health promoter. They are reporting new evidence that vinegar can help prevent accumula accumulation of body fat and weight gain. Uh, Tamu Kodu, the colleagues note, and his colleagues note in the new study that vinegar has also been used as a folk medicine since ancient times. People have used it for a range of ills. Modern scientific research suggests that acetic acid, the main component of vinegar, may help control blood pressure, blood sugar levels, and fat accumulation. Their new study showed that laboratory mice fed a high-fat diet and given acetic acid developed significantly less body fat, up to 10% less than other mice. Importantly, the new research adds evidence to the belief that acetic acid fights fat by turning on genes for fatty acid oxidation enzymes. The genes churn out proteins involved in breaking down fats, thus suppressing body fat accumulation in the body. For those of you who have been drinking cider vinegar and honey for years, here's a little bit of research to support all of that. Okay, you are listening to Wellness wholeness, and wisdom. Uh, with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. This portion of the program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Pennsylvania. Visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, and call our number for remote or face-to-face -face appointments. That's 866-472-6094. That is 866-472-6094. You are hearing us live, as you know, from the Internet, and we'll be back with Larry Dossey, MD, author of The Power of Premonitions, How Knowing the Future Can Shape Our Lives. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. 
Yes, uh, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. Remember on my website, www.amtherapies.com, you can preview and purchase the book I co-authored called 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. My chapter is Naturopathy. And we are going to be talking with uh, Larry Dossey, MD, author of The Power of Premonitions, How Knowing the Future Can Shape Our Lives. Now, for those of you who may not know, I can't imagine who that might be, but for those of you who may not know, my guest, Dr. Larry Dossey, is a distinguished Texas physician, and when you look at his picture on his website, you'll know how distinguished he is. Uh, Deeply rooted in the scientific world, has become an internationally influential advocate of the role of the mind in health and the role of spirituality in healthcare, Uh, bringing the experience of a practicing internist and the soul of a poet to the discourse. Dr. Larry Dossey offers paranomic insight into the nature and the future of medicine. That's panoramic. (laughs) Upon graduating with honors from the University of Texas at Austin, Dr. Dossey worked as a pharmacist while earning his MD degree from Southwestern Medical School in Dallas, 1967. Before completing his residency in internal medicine, he served as a battalion surgeon in Vietnam where he was decorated for valor. Dr. Dossey helped establish the Dallas Diagnostic Association, which is the largest group of internal medicine practitioners in that city, and was chief of staff of Medical City Dallas Hospital in 1982. The author of nine books and numerous articles, Dr. Dossey is the former executive editor of the peer-reviewed journal Alternative Therapies in Health and Medicine, the most widely subscribed to journal in its field. The primary quality of all of Dr. Dossey's work is scientific legitimacy, with an insistent focus on, quote, what the data show. End quote. As a result, his colleagues in medical schools and hospitals all over the country trust him, honor his message, and continually invite him to share his insights with them. He has lectured all over the world, including major medical schools and hospitals in the United States, Harvard, John Hopkins, Cornell, the universities of Pennsylvania, California, Washington, Texas, Florida, Minnesota, and the Mayo Clinic. The impact of Dr. Dossey's work has been remarkable. Before his book, Healing Words, was published in 1993, only three U.S. medical schools had courses devoted to exploring the role of religious practice and prayer in in health. Currently, nearly 80 medical schools have instituted such courses, many of which utilize Dr. Dossey's works as textbooks. In his 1989 book, Recovering the Soul, he introduced the concept of non-local mind, mind unconfined to the brain and body, mind spread infinitely throughout space and time. Since then, quote, non-local and quote, uh, mind, end quote, has been adopted by many leading scientists as an emerging image of consciousness. Dr. Doss's ever-deepening explication of non-local Uh, Mind provides a legitimate foundation for the merging of spirit and medicine. Good evening, Dr. Dossey. 
Good evening, Parthenia. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Those were generous comments. Thank you very much. Oh, my word. It's, and, and there's so much more that could be said, but we do have to have the interview. <laughs> first of all, I, I, well, first of all, I want to thank you for the long history of literature that you've provided, information, information that you've provided uh, over these many years. And um, it's, a, it's wonderful that people like yourself share this information with the world, and you need to be thanked for that. Um, what I'd like to do before we get into talking specifically about your new book, The Power of Premonitions, How Knowing the Future Can Shape Our Lives, I'd like to get a little information about yourself. What, where are you from? What was growing up like for you? Uh, growing up was uh, quite an experience. I grew up on a uh, cotton farm in the middle of central Texas. Uh, gosh, it was out in the country in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it was a poverty-stricken uh, area. And uh, there was very little history of education in my family. There were farmers for generations. And... Uh, for example, uh, I have an identical twin brother, and before my my brother and I uh, came along, no one in the history of the entire family had even gotten past 10th grade, just to give you an example of the very humble beginnings uh, that I came from. Uh, so that was growing up. It was uh, a lot of poverty and a lot of hard work, and uh, my brother and I began a different tradition when we went off to college. and. Uh, he became a dentist, and I went into medicine, and uh, my role uh, evolved as a physician from seeing patients one-on-one uh, -on -one to consulting and writing books. So, I mean, that was 11 books ago, and uh, <laughs> I uh, have, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm having the, the time of my life, really, now doing what I dearly love to do, which is to write about things that I'm interested in personally, and... Uh, uh, fortunately, other people seem to be fairly interested in them as well, and I, I spend most of my time these days lecturing at uh, medical schools and hospitals and uh, uh, all sorts of venues around the country. Okay. Now, in your book, of course, you talk about what inspired you to write the book, but would you share with our listeners where that inspiration came from? Well, sure. I uh, first had my... Uh, uh, sort of baptism, uh, as it were, with premonitions, the subject of this uh, current book. Uh, the very first year I was in medical practice, uh, I had a dream in which I, uh, I dreamed events that would not happen until the next day, but they came to in such stunning detail that I, I was really unnerved by it because I knew this was not supposed to be possible. Uh, you know, doctors aren't trained to think that you can know things before they occur. That just isn't part of their view. But I, I had this dream in which I saw the four-year-old son of one of my medical colleagues, uh, and this little boy was having uh, a, a test done on him. He was lying on an examination table, and a technician uh, at, the, at his head was trying to do a brainwave test on him, so-called EEG, electroencephalogram. Uh, the mother was standing in this dream by the boy's side trying to lend comfort to him, uh, and she had a real job on her hands because this little kid just went berserk. Uh, he started kicking and screaming and fighting and yelling and crying, and this got to be so uncontrollable that, and this is all in the dream, the, the technician uh, 
who was trying to do the test uh, just threw up her hands and said, uh, I quit, and she turned around and walked away. She just could not uh, do the test. And uh, I woke up, and that was the dream. And I, I remember at the time that I thought, this is the most vivid dream I've ever had in my life. <laughs> that made no sense whatsoever. Uh, well, I went to work, uh, made rounds at the hospital and on my patients, and saw patients all morning. And then at lunch, I found myself sitting in our little dining area with the father of this little boy, my medical colleague, and uh, we were just chit-chatting, and in walks his wife carrying this little boy in her arms. And uh, he's crying, and he's obviously very upset, and his head's kind of wet, and uh, she proceeds to tell her husband my dream, uh, how she had just come from the brainwave laboratory, and they tried to do a test, and he went berserk, and he described the whole thing in camera-like detail. I, I wow. believe it. Uh, I, I talked to, you know, after she left, I brought it up with the doctor, my colleague, the father of this little kid, and told him about it, and he he, he wouldn't talk about it. He was He was unnerved by this, and he refused ever, ever to bring it up uh, again. And so I didn't know what to do with it either. Uh, <laughs> I, I just that's sat on for many, many years, as a matter of fact. But that's how I became uh, sort of baptized in this premonitions business on the basis of this very strange dream. Well, now, for our listeners, because I know people are familiar with the word, um, but sometimes we don't really know the meaning of a word. Uh, you share with us the Latin origins, the primonere uh, origins. Would you just elucidate for our listeners what is a premonition? Yeah, it comes from uh, Latin words meaning uh, a forewarning, uh, a warning that comes ahead of the, the actual event. Uh, this sort of gives people a clue about what these things are like. They uh, often warn us of things that are going to happen that are not very pleasant. Uh, and they, they may be a health crisis. Uh, it may be some physical threat uh, to our health, such as a, an automobile wreck or something of this sort. Uh, it, they're not always uh, warnings of uh, horrible things. People do have premonitions of Pleasant things. I have one case on file of a woman who, uh, in a dream, saw the winning lottery numbers and actually <laughs> won a lottery. Not she said, did that happen to her not once but twice. Oh, for crying out loud! <laughs> oh, I know. That's what I said. Uh, good heavens! Uh, uh, I'm still waiting on that premonition in my own life. But she. <laughs> <You> uh, <laughs> but do, people have premonitions uh, in dreams. Uh, uh, and also premonitions come to people in the waking state. People can have intuitions or hunches or vibes. Uh, there are a lot of terms that stand in for premonitions, but uh, the ones that you know are the most jaw-dropping and uh, eye-catching ones are the ones that warn us of disasters, such as terrorist attacks or plane crashes and, and this sort of thing. And you also explain that it's not only humans who have uh, these abilities, but that animals do so as well. Um, as before, when we get, uh, as we go along, I, I definitely want you to remember to share some of your cases that involve animals. Uh, I think that's an area that uh, we sort of take for granted, or a lot of people tend to take for granted. Um, well, 
when, why don't we now, why don't you just give us uh, some of the cases? I know in the first part of your book, the part you call the first phase of your book is devoted to the cases. That's the title of that section. And uh, you want to share some of the cases that you uh, list in there, especially some dealing with some of the kinds of premonitions people are not used to hearing about, like the telesomatic events and things of that nature. Yeah. Well, I begin the book with uh, an experience in the life of a woman I call Amanda. She was a young mother uh, in Washington State, and uh, uh, Amanda had a dream one night in which uh, a chandelier uh, fell from the ceiling in her baby's room, and it fell onto the child. Uh, This is in the dream. Uh, Crushed the baby, killed the baby, and just demolished the, the crib. And she woke up, uh, she just could, you know, she, this was a horrifying nightmare of this woman. Uh, in the dream also, uh, she saw that uh, there was a clock on the bureau in the baby's room, and the clock read 435. Well, she wakes up from the dream, and as I mentioned, is unable to go back to sleep. She wakes her husband up, tells him about her nightmare, and he tells her it's just a silly dream to go back to sleep, which he promptly does. Uh, but she cannot. She goes back into the baby, baby's room, gets the baby, and brings the baby back to bed with them. Uh, she and her husband are awakened about a couple of hours later uh, by a loud crash in the baby's room. They go in, and sure enough, the chandelier has fallen from the ceiling and has just wrecked the, the crib. Uh, the baby's not hurt because she had acted on her premonition and brought the baby to bed with them. So uh, she uh, she looks at the clock uh, when they go into the room to investigate the crash, and it uh, as in the dream, the clock reads 4:35. So she dreamt it down to the very minute, uh, and because she acted on this dream, the baby uh, 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 was not killed. Uh, this is an example uh, which I, I think is very instructive because it it shows uh, a theme that we see so many times in premonitions, and this is the mother-child connection. Uh, well, now, do you find that the mother-child connection predominates uh, partly because it's an accepted reality in some way? People often talk about a mother's sense for the safety of their, ch- you know, their child, especially a newborn. Oh, yes. You know, there was a term that was in vogue earlier in the 20th century uh, that sort of captures this mother-child thing. Do uh, you, you know the term mother-wit of course. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, you, this is an expression that, uh, uh, you know, mothers just know. <laughs> Boy, do they know. If you look at premonition literature, mothers uh, are just the classic people who have premonitions about their kids. When they're in trouble, when they're facing danger, uh, women just, mothers just know these things, I think, predominantly over men. Uh, and the reaction of Amanda's husband, you know, in that dream is very <laughs> telling. Somebody should uh, write a paper on the response of husbands to women's premonitions. Yes. I uh, said, you know, just go back to sleep. It's just a silly dream. And so he just promptly dozed off again. And you see this time and again. Uh, there's another case uh, uh, I use in the book, uh, which talks about telesomatic reactions, and that's just a fancy word, meaning that people at a distance often share the feelings in their body at the same time. Uh, in this particular example, 
uh, a mother, here we go with a mother again. A mother sends her her beloved daughter off to college, uh, you know, empty nest uh, syndrome. And so uh, she's writing her daughter at college, and uh, she has to quit writing because her right hand starts burning uh, so badly she can't hold a pen. This has never happened to her before. She has no idea why her hand's burning until then she gets a call from a professor at the chemistry lab at college telling her that, unfortunately, her daughter has just burned her hand in a terrible laboratory accident in the chemistry lab. And it, it was at the same time that the woman experienced the burning pain in her right hand, uh, the same place where the daughter experienced this. You know, you see this in premonitions a lot where people share these distant feelings, and it's often in that same context, a mother mother-child, mother-daughter, mother-son, uh, but love and compassion seems to be the, the sort of glue that, that brings people together in this way. Have you also found where a person has an experience in a dream, you know, where they actually feel something, and the other person that they're, that, that's in the dream that they're seeing having this experience doesn't really experience it right away, but experiences it at a later time? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, these things fascinate me, particularly <clears throat> when they involve medical situations. Uh, in the book, I write about a doctor in Oklahoma City whom I, I got to know uh, through email and letters, uh, Dr. Larry Kinchelow, who's an OB doctor uh, in Oklahoma City. He, When he has a patient in the hospital uh, who's about to deliver, he gets chest pain. This happens every time. Uh, the woman isn't having pain uh, in her chest at any rate, but this is where he senses it. And it is so reliable that the nurses on the OBGYN floor use this as a clinical sign about when the woman's going to deliver. They, they often ask Dr. Kinchelow, how's your chest feeling? Uh, as a clue to when the patient's going to deliver. Wow. You know, these things, I, I'm sure some people who, you know, are listening to us uh, and hearing all this for the first time think we may have lost our minds. <laughs> talking about how these things are communicated between people, but there are hundreds of these cases that I've collected and so have other people who work in this field. And there's something always that seems to be present when people link up like this and share these kinds of feelings at a distance. And I, it's empathy and uh, compassion and, and deep caring. There's a kind of bondedness, deep caring that goes on that seems to trigger these things. Well, now, you also talk about uh, an incident. Well, you talk about many incidents, and I, I was quite, uh, well, I guess it, I, I agree that that first one you shared was a critical one to share because if, if, you, if you didn't have their attention, you got it right away from there, and you, I'm certain you had them for the rest. Um, but there are many, many uh, events that you share in the book of many cases. You want to go on to one you talked about which sort of uh, supports the reason why you should not ignore these things. Uh, you talk about, I, I believe it's pronounced Aberfam in Wales, an incident that occurred there, and the premonitions that were ignored? Yeah. Uh, this happened in 1966 uh, in a little village in southern Wales. And uh, this is a coal mining town, a little, little tiny coal mining town, of which there are a lot in this part of uh, uh, the United Kingdom. And uh, 
outside the town there were some uh, really tall, uh, small mountains of uh, coal mine refuse, which had built up over the years, uh, actually coal mine tailings from the, the coal mines. And one, one, one morning, uh, about 9 o'clock uh, in the morning, one of these things gave way and came right down through town as an avalanche, just wiped out uh, a junior school and killed 116 children, and about uh, 40 of their adults, including many of their teachers. And uh, a psychiatrist named Dr. John Barker, uh, after this happened, began to hear rumors that people had premonitions that this was going to happen. And so he put a little ad in the paper asking people to relate their premonitions to him. And he got enough uh, information on 28 of these to do a very thorough investigation. Some of them were absolutely spectacular. Some, one woman dreamed that uh, a big black mass of something came right down through town and wiped out a school. Uh, one woman actually saw the, the letters Aberfan, A-B-E-R-F-A-N, displayed uh, as block letters, sort of like the Hollywood sign. So people did uh, have premonitions about school getting wiped out by something big and black coming down and taking it out. They saw the name of the village, but uh, the thing that did not uh, happen is that no one actually reported a premonition about when it was going to happen. So it, it, it uh, reveals one of the weak spots in a lot of premonitions. You know, you may get the what, but you don't get the when. Uh, and if you wanted to use these things to prevent something, you really need to know when they happen. Uh, but the premonitions also cropped up in the life of one of the little 10-year-old girls who attended that school. And the night before this accident, she actually told her mother that uh, she went to school Okay, hold that thought for me. Sure. Folks, we're going to be back with Larry Dawsey, Powers of Premonition. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Um, now, you know, folks, you have to forgive me. Sometimes when I have these fascinating guests like Dr. Dossie, I'm listening just like you are, and the cue came up and it 
was time to go to break, and I'm still listening. <laughs> so bear with me, folks. Um, yes, Wednesday, next week, August 5, 2009, uh, my guest will be Beverly Potter, Ph.D., author of The Worry Wart Companion, 21 Ways to Soothe Yourself and Worry Smart. At the end of that program, we will discuss the herb pleurisy root and the asana kraukasana. We are back with Larry Dossi, MD, author of The Power of Premonitions, How Knowing the Future Can Shape Our Lives. Call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374 to ask questions. Yes, Dr. Dossi. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's quite all right. You've got to pay the bills. Uh, <laughs> well, please pick up from where you left off. Sure. We were talking about a, a coal mine uh, disaster that took out a school in uh, Wales in a little village called Aberfan. The coal mine uh, waste just came down well, in the form of an avalanche and took out a school. Now, I was discussing uh, the uh, premonitions the night before this disaster happened of one of the students in this school, uh, a little 10-year-old named Errol Mae Jones. She actually told her mother the night before that she dreamed that she went to school and there was no school there. She told her mommy that uh, something black had come down all over it. And she furthermore said that uh, she wasn't afraid to die because she would be with Peter and June. These were oh. classmates of hers. And so uh, tragically, this little girl died the next day. She was one of the victims of this avalanche. And she was buried in a mass grave uh, with 115 other school kids with Peter on one side of her and June on the other. And this was a, a just a, a, a stunningly accurate premonition that was very well recorded by her parents and witnessed by others uh, as well. And it just simply makes the hair stand up on your neck to think that people could actually have intimations or premonitions that were that specific. But uh, there it is. And that they were ignored, that's the part that, you know, floors me. I, there's one thing to hear somebody say something, but when it's that detailed and from a child with that much specificity, it seems you would do something. <laughs> Maybe go visit some family somewhere else for a couple of days just to, to err on the side of caution. Yeah, or, or keep your kid at home from school that day. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure these parents uh, had a difficult time dealing with the guilt and asking themselves, you know, why didn't we listen? Uh, if we had listened to this little girl, then she would still be alive. Uh, but people don't, you know, because we, that just doesn't fit with their worldview. Also, you mentioned later on in the book of uh, how, well, you talk about how do we determine the premonitions to, that are literal, that need to be acted upon immediately versus those that are symbolic or, you know, that may happen uh, at a distant time. What types of strategies do you share in the book that would benefit somebody when it comes to this? Uh, above and beyond, you do to say, err on the side of caution through a quote, but, you know, is there is there more that people can do? Well, uh, that's something that's really important because, uh, let's face it, you know, a lot of the intuitions or hunches or, or dreams that we have are just nonsense. They're fantasy, uh, and they, you know, uh, they're more like brain noise than they, anything else. Uh, but there are some clues that I think are really helpful about 
which ones to pay attention to and which to, to let go and disregard. For one thing, uh, people always say that those that turn out to be true can be some of the most vivid uh, impressions or dreams or intuitions that they've ever had in their life. There's a kind of clarity and a depth to them that people always remark on. That was certainly true in my early experience with uh, premonitions and dreams. Uh, and one woman uh, wrote me and she said, well, the premonitions I have that turned out to be true seem like they are just lit up from the inside. Mm. The woman said, my premonitions that turn out to be true come to me in italics. Uh, and, and these people were trying to say that these have a quality about them that sets them apart from other impressions that people have. So the vividness is one thing. Also, whether or not they're recurrent, uh, there was uh, one recorded uh, impression of 9-11 in which a man had uh, a dream uh, of buildings falling uh, and people jumping out of buildings. And it was the World Trade Center. He actually was involved in security on the bottom floor of one of those trade centers. And so he was a very intellectual type of guy. And even though he had this dream over and over and over, uh, he refused to uh, believe that it was uh, it could be true. And so he unfortunately died uh, in, at his work in the trade center, World Trade Center on 9-11. And interesting in this particular case, we have another uh, a uh, helpful clue about which ones to pay attention to, because in this case, this man's wife began to dream independently the same nightmare of the one of the buildings crashing, people jumping out of it, things on fire, and so on. So the husband and wife independently began to have the same dream of tragedy. And when you see these things cropping up between two people without their cueing each other, this is a huge clue to pay attention to something, really, uh, and not uh, and not just sort of say it's fantasy and let it go. Well, I, I think I've also uh, had information about people who, well, those of us who write our dreams on a regular basis can find certain things that are clues or, you know, that are consistent. And some people talk about the color red before a specific part in a dream being a clue for them to pay closer attention to whatever happens after the color red is shown in a garment or whatever. Um, so I would imagine uh, when people become more used to paying attention to dreams, daydreams or night dreams, they can sort of see for themselves what are relatively consistent clues uh, that give them information about the severity of uh, a dream, whether it's a warning that they, you know, uh, that's urgent or, or, or not and things of that nature. But it's certainly a fascinating area and, uh, and it's so much research that you've done. I, I wish I could cover more and more of the cases that you have, but there's so much more that I want to cover in the book. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, well, okay. Let's let's go on a little bit here. Um, when you talk about premonitions in the section in phase three, or stage three, why, what, how? Um, what what? Why are premonitions not more accurate? Uh, you talk about that. You talk about the language of premonitions, which we sort of touched on a little bit. But why don't we talk a little bit about why premonitions for, for some people and for probably most people are not more accurate or uh, can't come at will? 
Well, I think uh, the thing to simply admit straight out is that we cannot control these things. They, they cannot be manipulated at will. They just don't dance to our tune. Uh, the reason that they do not is that they come from deep in our unconscious, and they well up into our awareness, uh, and they don't do so always uh, in precise detail. Uh, I think that uh, part of the fault is that we simply garble the message. Uh, we are not good receivers. We go into this uh, often uh, dubious and very doubtful that uh, these things could be real. Uh, we don't pay attention. We don't notice accurately. Uh, and also, I'm convinced that we forget a lot of details. Mm. You know, I, 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 uh, I encourage people to keep a dream diary in which instantly on waking, they write down the skeleton, the, the bare details of these things, so that they can uh, pay attention and ruminate about them and uh, meditate about them. You know, you mentioned people can pick up correlations, for example, uh, with colors and subsequent events. If you keep a dream diary and write these things down, or uh, then you can uh, pay attention to those kind of correlations and begin to decode your own premonitions. Mm -hmm. So I think one reason that they're not specific uh, in detail is that we, uh, we simply jumble what we receive. We're not good receivers. We're not good listeners. And certainly a dream diary is one way to help correct that. Well, now, um, you also, well, there's, there's a lot that you cover in that, that phase, but I, I'm going to move on. <laughs> um, in phase, stage four, why should we want to cultivate premonitions and how do we do it? Uh, is, I'm specifically interested in having you clarify information that you share about personality and temperament and questioning the source. But you certainly have the freedom to discuss anything in that section that you would like. Well, I think I'll uh, just make some comments about if you wanted to be more premonition-prone in your life and have these occur uh, more frequently, how would you go about that? Uh, mm -hmm. I think that the one thing that floats to the top about encouraging premonitions in your life is whether or not you learn to pay attention to the information that comes up from your unconscious into your, your awareness, often in dreams, but not always in dreams, sometimes in waking awareness. Now, there have been people who have done work in this field who have looked at the particular behaviors that seem to encourage premonitions, and the one that pops out and stands out all the time is... Okay. Hold your thought. We're going to yeah. go to break. Folks, you're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. With me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Do go to uh, my homepage. Look at the iMall. Check out Nature Sunshine products, a wonderful way to... Uh, find a product that will boost your immune system, um, just a general good multiple vitamin. All of that information will be found on that home page, left side. Uh, now, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, and we will be back with Larry Doss, the MD, author of The Power of Premonitions, How Knowing the Future Can Shape Our Lives. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. 
contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like Iridology, Kinesiology, Reflexology, Energy Medicine, which includes Chi Life Therapy, Acupressure, and Psychological Consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Or call 610-658-0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies. That's your listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Remember my book, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. Purchase it on my site. We are back with Dr. Larry Dossie, author of The Power of Premonitions, How Knowing the Future Can Shape Our Lives. Uh, call 888-235-7374. That is 888-235-7374 with your questions. Okay, we're coming into our last quarter of our hour here. Uh, please pick up from where you left off, Dr. Dossie. You bet. We were talking about things people could do to make uh, premonitions more frequent in their life, and I, I was commenting that meditation is the best practice I know of to uh, increase the frequency of premonitions in anybody's life. There's something about learning to sit down and pay attention and be quiet that encourages the appearance of future knowing. And this just has to be at the top of the list of any any behavior or discipline that I can think of. Uh, I've already mentioned another uh, a way to make them more accurate and more frequent, and that's to keep a dream diary. So if people want to become more premonition-prone, those are the two places, uh, I think, to look to make changes in your life, meditation and a dream diary. Okay, there's something that I wanted to ask you much later on, but I'm going to um, sort of stick it in now. Um, when we talk about quantum physics and uh, all of that, and we talk about manifestation and the power of our thoughts, is there research on whether or not some of the premonitions may be manifestations or not? Well, I think uh, that from the point of view of uh, just pure science, that it's very difficult for anyone to pinpoint where these come from. Uh, we can say that uh, I think something very, very important where premonitions are concerned is that Quantum physics tells us that we have to get over this idea that time just flows in one direction, out of the past, into the present, into the future, because if you believe that, premonitions are just not possible. Uh, premonitions uh, suggest that you know something before it happens, and if time flows always in one direction, like we often say it does, well, you've just ruled out premonitions. Uh, I happen to think that one of the greatest contributions modern physics, particularly quantum physics, makes to uh, our understanding of how our consciousness operates is, is to get over this idea of one-way flowing time. Uh, and in this regard, you know, I think we can begin to see some of the spiritual implications of premonition. If they really happen, which I'm convinced they do, then it suggests that there's some aspect of who we are, some 
factor in our consciousness that's timeless. It's not in time. And if this is so, we really do approach the old idea of the soul, some quality of who we are that's infinite in time and, and therefore immortal. So if we had to pick the biggest contribution that premonitions make to our life, I think this is it. I think premonitions point like an arrow to the fact that we're immortal and that we're eternal in some aspect of our consciousness. Okay, very good. Now, let's touch on personality and temperament and how that relates to premonitions and questioning the source. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, many people will be familiar with something called the Myers-Briggs Personality mm -hmm. Test. It's the most used uh, personality test in the country, has been for decades. And uh, people who score high in uh, this uh, test on uh, introversion really do uh, have a tendency to have premonitions. Uh, and also people, uh, in addition to being introverted, if they score very high on the intuitive function, this also makes them more prone. I don't dwell on pre uh, personality very much because, you know, most of us think we can't uh, do a heck of a lot to, to have a take on a different personality, but uh, we can do things to encourage ourselves to have premonitions, which we've already, already mentioned in terms of meditation, dream diaries, and so on. Questioning the source, I think, is really important. I know people who uh, don't make any major decisions in their life without consulting somebody for their premonitions. Uh, they may be psychics who uh, can help people see ahead to, to see the future, but I've got to tell you uh, that a lot of people have premonitions about what you ought to do that you ought not to listen to. And in the book, I go into some real tragedies uh, of people who put their uh, future in the, in the hands of other people's premonitions when it led to deaths uh, and even suicides. So oh. I, I think this is a really touchy area, and I, I really think people ought to think twice uh, about looking uh, to other people for premonitions. And yes, again, they need to trust as well their own, those hunches and those inclinations that will let them know, well, or give them a blink about whether or not that person should be listened to. Uh, we have a caller, Carolyn in California. Uh, Carolyn, you have a question for my guest? I do. And Parthenia, I just, I feel like, uh, again, fate had me tune in this, this moment. Hello, Dr. Dawson. Um, I definitely would look forward to reading your book. And I am calling because I've been told recently that my gift is manifesting from others in a big way. And I just heard you say that one, if you will, barometer of whether a premonition is, I don't know, valid, is the intensity and the repetition. And I'm calling because I'm to the point of feeling almost frantic. Um, I have to speak in, in general terms, but I, I live next door to a person who turned out not only to be a child molester, but I think also a murderer. And I had a premonition about that. And lately, it's been 20 years, I have visions. He came back into my mind that there was real danger. Um, I know where he moved out of the area, and he got lost in the cracks of the system. As you know, that happens. And I, 
I saw something on America's Most Wanted about someone else who was also affiliated with a neo-Nazi, and all of a sudden, who had, who had been in California, my mind said he was with this person. And then I found that he is registered in an area of Riverside, but I know it's a false address, and I just feel such danger, Dr. Dawson, lurking. And I've emailed a couple of of, of, the, of um, the hosts on this show that sort of have a background and, and perhaps helping with this sort of thing, but I haven't heard back. And I'm just feeling frantic. There's so many signs. I was looking at another one in a, through hundreds of old files, and I had a file because he went after me in some ways of matters relating to that, Dr. Dawson, and it just came right into my hands. Well, Dr. I Dawson... Feel- do you have some yeah. advice or a suggestion yeah, I, for her? Yeah, in the book, I uh, make the very strong suggestion that you ought to throw in common sense always with a premonition and not just wing it on one or the other, but combine those sources of information. What you're dealing here is, uh, with here is uh, someone who is a child molester by history. You know and uh, we know that the recurrent uh, uh, that the relapse and uh, of child molesters is just legendary. And if you have a very strong feeling that your your family is uh, in danger or someone around you is in danger, I think you ought to con- uh, you ought to contact the authorities. I'm not in danger anymore at all. I'm I'm I I beyond that way beyond that. I feel that others are. I think he's already killed once, and I had a premonition that he would do more stuff as he slipped through the system, and he has. Obligated with all of this information that's coming at you, I think you're ethically obligated to contact the authorities and express your concerns. Uh, that's my opinion. I can't tell you what to do. Yeah. Well, if I were in your position, that I, I guess though what you're saying, um, because I only um, unfortunately didn't hear the beginning of the program, Dr. Dawson. What is that? Um, if it, and it's very factual. In fact, I even saw in my mind's eye a grave site where a child was buried, and subsequently okay, they did well, find Carolyn, one. Carolyn. I think I, I don't think you're hearing him, but Dr. Dossie is you, giving using you as an example. In his book, he talks about situations where people have had the kinds of experiences that you're having, and they've not acted on it in time to make a difference in the world. So he's suggesting that you, uh, you know, let somebody know about your feelings, whether it's accurate or time, whatever. Doesn't matter. It's just to let the authorities involved know whatever it is that you would like to share. I hear that, but I just—I've already called America's Most Wanted uh, with, in relation to the associate, and I don't feel it did any good. See, he's the pattern well, is you never know. You never know. I'm coming close to the end of the program. I'm so glad that you called. And I think, you know, what you've done is all you can do. You let the people know or put it out there, and you never know when it's going to be helpful or how it's going to be helpful. Am I right, Dr. Dossie? Yeah, I go along with that 100%, Portinia. Okay. But thank you, Carolyn. You have a good night. Get your book. Thank you. Okay, very good. And that's Dr. Dossie, uh, The Power of Premonitions. Please, before we close for the evening, give us your contact information, your web address, and if there's something coming up right away where people can listen to you speak, please let us know that as well. Great. Uh, the web address with all my speaking engagements is 
Dossie, Dossie.com. It's D-O-S-S-E-Y, Dossie, Dossie. It's Dossie twice. That's Dossie, Dossie.com. It's two Dossies because my wife and I share the website. Yes, that's Barbara Dossie, correct? That's right. And it's D-O-S-S-E-Y for those of you who are listening. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Could you share some quick words of wisdom with our listeners? Read the book. See how these things manifest in people's lives. Uh, Surveys show that about three-fourths of us have premonitions. And if you become comfortable with how these things manifest in people's lives, it will validate and empower you to understand and trust your own premonitions more. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Dossie, and I'm going to have to have you back. (laughs) There's so much more that we didn't touch on. Uh, But thank you so much for this evening. You have a good night. Thanks, Parthenia. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, you were listening. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Next week, my guest will be Beverly Potter, Ph.D. That's August 5, Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m., author of The Worry Warts Companion, 21 Ways to Soothe Yourself self and worry smart. Uh, Again, that's August 5th. We start Wednesdays at 7 p.m. August 26, 2009, we will have Stuart Wilde. He'll be my guest discussing his latest book, Grace, Gaia, and the End of Days, an alternative way for the advanced soul. And Monique, Monique will be with us with Monique's Moments, again, August 12, 2009, with her intuition, sharing her intuition about the world. Wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. Be well.